this was a, a clear example of a game where the score doesn't tell the whole story because 27-17 sounds respectable. It sounds like the ball bounces the other way a couple of times and maybe the loser comes out on top. It, it sounds like the Jets were remotely competitive in what was their second straight season opening loss to the Buffalo Bills. But putting up 17 points on the Bills, losing by just 10 points, it, it doesn't properly explain how abysmal the New York Jets looked in their first game of the 2020 season. And I'll ask this, because who feels worse right now? The Jets and the Jet fan after losing 27-17, or the Philadelphia Eagles and their fan base after losing 27-17 to the temporarily named Washington football team? I'd rather be the Eagles. They should have won the game. They were up 17-0, and I know how it felt when the Jets blew a 16-0 lead to Buffalo last year. It was heartbreaking. But if you're an Eagles fan right now, at least you know your offense is capable of moving the ball. You get more total yards, more passing yards, more time of possession, less penalties, but you gave up a ton of sacks, and you lost the turnover margin by three. It's frustrating. It's concerning. It's a concerning loss without question, but I don't know that the Eagles fan is sitting at home like I am right now, wondering if they're capable of moving the football. But right now, the way that the Jets played on Sunday, you have no confidence, no confidence in this offense, any facet of it at all. And I really, really want to try not to overreact because it is one week for this season. It's 17 weeks for the head coach, which is still a young tenure. I'm going to try not to overreact about the the highly touted 2020 draft class for the Jets and how they performed in week one. I'm going to try not to overreact about Le'Veon Bell continuing to look old and unhealthy. I want to, I'm going to try to not overreact about the fact that Greg Williams' defense without Jamal Adams looked far inferior to what we saw last year. I'm going to try not to overreact about the Jets' continued special teams' struggles. I'm going to try not to overreact that the Jets look like a team playing a preseason game in a year where there is no preseason. But I don't think that this part is an overreaction. At this point in his career, I am more confident that Sam Darnold is not the answer for the Jets at quarterback than I am confident that he is their answer. And I'm more confident that Adam Gase is not their answer at head coach than I am confident he is their answer. Bad quarterback, bad head coach, bad team every single time. Plain and simple. The offense was inept. Adam Gase makes excuses. Adam Gase blames other people. Adam Gase defends his game plan. My God, that sounds familiar. Very familiar to last year. He was a failed head coach in Miami. At best, we could call Adam Gase a mediocre head coach in Miami. He needed time to, to reflect. He, he, needed a, he needed a season or two off from being a head coach, but the Jets gave him an opportunity right away. He needed time to learn, time to get better. Rarely does it work when a head coach gets fired for being a mediocre head coach. Rarely does he bounce back the next year to show growth and improvement right away. Herman Edwards didn't in Kansas City. Eric Mangini did not in Cleveland. Rex Ryan did not in Buffalo. Adam Gase has not with the Jets. But worse than the head coach right now is my disappointment and my concern for the quarterback. 215 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and if you take away the one-yard dump pass 
that Jameson Crowder turned into a 69-yard touchdown play, Sam Darnold's stats look a hell of a lot worse. It's now year three in what is an offensive-happy, a quarterback-happy NFL, and Sam Darnold still looks like a rookie quarterback. And by no means have the Jets helped him. I will fully admit that. We said it during the offseason. Where is the confidence in Sam Darnold that he's the future quarterback? Where's the investment? Where have the Jets attempted to give him weapons? By no means have the Jets helped him by pairing him with a bad head coach and two offenses in his first two years. But you know what? As bad as Adam Gase is, as bad as the players around Sam Darnold appear to be at times, as much as we're confident that Adam Gase is not the Jets' long-term answer at head coach, I'm much more concerned that Darnold looks like a quarterback who in week one of year three has regressed from what he was week one, year one. No growth, no ability to make a big player, no, no ability to make something out of nothing. So we can we can warm the hot seat for Adam Gase. I think that's fair when you look at this body of work in Miami and now in New York. It's important to remember that Gase is not a rookie head coach. He shouldn't be working out the kinks at this point. And when, when you see the Jets punt the ball six times on, on 11 possessions, averaging less than five yards a play, turning the ball over, showing an inability to run the ball, playing like a team that was unprepared, it's fair to warn the hot seat for Adam Gase. The Buffalo Bills are, are not a great team. Josh Allen is not a great quarterback. They're solid. They're certainly better than the Jets and better than Darnold at this point, but by no means are they a juggernaut. And they they tried to let the Jets get back into this game. They missed crucial field goals. They turned the ball over. They gave the Jets opportunities. But even at 21-10, after Crowder makes the 69-yard touchdown play, did you have any confidence? That the Jets could string together multiple possessions of, of strong offensive plays? Did you have any confidence that all of a sudden Sam Darnold and the Jets could start moving the ball consistently? Because I did not. You, you look around the league. This It's not how offenses in 2020 perform. This isn't how quarterbacks perform in this era of football. And I know he's still young. And I know he has the tools. And he looked like a can't-miss prospect. But Sam Darnold is now building a track record. A track record of a below-average quarterback. There, There's enough of a sample size as we're now one game into year three. That's enough of a sample size to just say, you know what? Sam Darnold might just, just might not be that good. Some of the blame falls on the Jets, which we pointed out. Some of it falls on ownership. Some of it falls on leadership. Joe Douglas, Mike McCagnan, Adam Gase, Todd Bowles. But plenty of it at this point falls, falls on Sam Darnold, too. And I, I hope more than anything that Darnold flips the script next week against the San Francisco 49ers and begins what is the start of a transformed quarterback and proves to be this championship-caliber franchise quarterback. But but don't you feel a little naive in believing that at this point, believing that that is even remotely possible? And for Sam Darnold, if not now, then never. Because what quarterback puts it all together in year four of their career? What quarterback misses the playoffs and looks like a below-average player for three years and then becomes a great quarterback in the 50th game of his career? It doesn't happen. The Rich Gannon stories do not exist in 2020. Quarterbacks show what they are much earlier the way that NFL offenses are set up today. And Sam Darnold is getting deeper and deeper into building that track record of being a below-average quarterback. No no one goes to the same bagel store every Sunday morning and gets a bad breakfast every Sunday morning and keeps going there for three years. Now, two or three weeks of that was a terrible bagel, 
a terrible breakfast sandwich, and you've likely had enough. You go to the same bagel store every Sunday morning, and every Sunday morning it's bad. Maybe occasionally you give an eh as a grade. Is that going to have you optimistic Monday morning that, that maybe this is the week the bagel store gets good, and the next time you go on Sunday you're going to have a great breakfast, and from here on out all, all future breakfasts are going to be top-notch? You probably quit on that bagel store after two bad performances. Sam Donald's in year three of bad performances. At this point, it would be unprecedented for him to turn it around and become a perennial pro bowler. And again, I, I would love nothing more than to be proven wrong, but I think my logic is fair, reasonable, calculated, measured. When I said at the start of this podcast, I don't want to overreact. This is not an overreaction at this point. This is taking the sample that we've been given, and it's just assessing it. We're not making this call on Mekhi Becton right now or even Quinn and Williams. We're looking at the track record of a third-year player. Pretty soon we're going to be calling Sam Darnold a veteran NFL player. That's not that far off. Quick break on the Brandon Condes Jets podcast before we return with more tantalizing reaction to the Jets' week one loss to the Buffalo Bills back after this. It's week one of the season. I I get it. I'm not ready to say that the Jets are are tanking or should be tanking this season. They, they, They left available cap space. They traded away their best player in Jamal Adams, who... Do we need to hear talking about the Jets still at this point? Yes, Russell Wilson is far superior to Sam Darnold. We know that. But when the Seahawks put up 38 points, why is Jamal still taking shots at the Jets? You're in a better situation with a better team, a better quarterback, better head coach, better front office, better organization. You you win. Enjoy it and move on. Reverting back to the Jets' ineptitude is childish and pointless at this point by Jamal. But the Jets don't use their cap space. They don't give Sam Darnold the proper offensive weapons. They trade their best player. They have their second best player opt out in C.J. Mosley, which he's certainly inclined to do so. I think there are some makings of a team that is tanking. But I really don't think that was the Jets' initial plan going into the offseason. I don't think it was their plan heading into the 2020 regular season. I think they recognize a need to show some sort of direction moving forward. I just don't see how it happens because after one week, they look like a four or five win team and the seat is going to get hot for Adam Gase real quick. I just, I just don't know that that matters either because Gase wanted Joe Douglas to be here. Douglas has so far built towards the future much more than he has built towards the now I don't know that Douglas hasn't told Gase that he's safe no matter what. And what happens if Adam Gase tells Douglas that Darnold isn't a legitimate quarterback? Douglas has no loyalty to Darnold, neither does Gase. If anything, Joe Douglas is going to want his own quarterback at some point. General managers make their own stamp, and they do that by drafting or acquiring their own quarterback, not inheriting one. So... I'm not I'm not ready to just say, you know what, get get rid of this season, go for Trevor Lawrence or try to get Aaron Rodgers because it appears that he's not go as as great as he looked week one. It still appears that he's not going to be with the Green Bay Packers next year. We've already tried to acquire a veteran quarterback from the Packers, and that did not work out. So I'm not going to say sit here and say, let's try it again with Aaron Rodgers. And if we all see Robbie Anderson, who I admit I I did not mind the decision to let go of Robbie Anderson. But I'm also I'm not the general manager. That's not my decision to have to make. 
But did we see him look like he has a real connection with Teddy Bridgewater, also a former Jets quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater? But six catches, 115 yards, one touchdown for Robbie, who would be by far the the Jets' best offensive playmaker right now. And again, I I readily admit, I I was fine seeing him go to Carolina. But but, uh, seeing him and, and seeing Jamal Adams get a sack and 12 tackles for Seattle, it just... It just doesn't leave you feeling warm and fuzzy and excited right now about this Jets team and about the offseason that the Jets are coming off of. Jets defense only gave up six points in the second half. That that makes you feel kind of good. Although they were were helped out by a couple of missed field goals. We're not helped out by the time of possession, though, that uh, the, the Jets offense was unable to stay on the field. The, the, the defense was on the field for more than 20 minutes in the second half. Jets need to control the clock better. The The time of possession was brutal, but that's that's what happens when you don't get first downs and you can't run the ball at all. And now speaking of running the ball, Le'Veon Bell is now out a few weeks with a hamstring, so 37-year-old Frank Gore is going to need to step up. Offense, defense, specials, there just wasn't much to compliment this team on, and it seems like we say that far too often after a Jets 27-17 to loss. 10-point loss to the Buffalo Bills, but it felt like a blowout loss. Just not much to compliment them on. I I did think the one, one bright side of coming off of week one, I thought the NFL's pre- presentation was very good. The crowd noise sounds better than baseball, and, and, and the, the game looks better on TV than basketball. The NBA loses a bit without fans right on top of the court. The NFL field allows for a better-looking product, I think. The, 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 the size of the field versus the size of the court, it just it kind of fits TV a little bit better. Uh, the telecast doesn't need to show fans as much in the NFL, whereas the NBA, you're used to seeing them right there on the court. Ratings down a bit, but overall stronger than I expected for week one, especially where ratings have been for other sports the past two months or so. So uh, all the talk about anthem protests and, and Black Lives Matter hurting the NFL, I, I don't see it happening. I, I don't see it having a big, a big negative effect on, on the sport and the ratings and the interest. Once we once we get through the election and people lose interest in political talk shows, the NFL should get a boost and get right back to normal. Although that's kind of that's assuming that they're going to be able to call the election shortly after the election, which is certainly not a guarantee. Uh, no fans is definitely strange, but I I feel like I've been able to adjust quicker than I thought uh, with with baseball, with basketball, and especially. With football, I get into the game a lot quicker than I thought I would without uh, being bothered too much by the the, the lack of fans and, and the lack of uh, uh, hearing the the actual true crowd response to what's going on in the games. But what isn't strange is watching the Jets' offense disappoint and watching the Jets' offense underperform and the Jets overall disappoint and underperform. But I will gladly admit that I overreacted. If Adam Gase and Sam Darnold proved that week one was not part of their track record and instead just part of being a product of having no preseason. And now they go off and rattle off 15 weeks of strong offensive play. We'll see. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Condes Jets podcast. And as always, be good.